All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I'm here in Vancouver, Washington, with my host for the day, Russell Solberg, who is a Portland, Oregon area NASCAR fan. And uh, Russell, how are you? Doing well. That was an exciting race. It was. Well, it turned into one. Um, I mean, gosh, there was a there was scary moments. There was exciting moments. There was moments where I was eating all your vegetables and hummus that you have here in the house. So uh, well, Sarah did tell me you're on a healthy eating track. So I was trying to uh, be a good host. See, I, I wouldn't tell you because I was like, you know, I, I don't want you to have to feel obligated to feed me. You, you invited me over to your house here to watch the race. And then I was like, no, no, you don't have to worry about snacks. But I guess Sarah leaked it that I was... Uh, leaked my snack choice. So. My wife insisted I get the answer. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, so um, before we get into the race, Russell, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, yourself, what, what you do here, and what's what's your NASCAR fandom? Where did that come from? Yeah, so mid-30s. I grew up here in the Northwest, uh, bouncing around anywhere from north of Seattle to down here in the Portland area. Um, married father, my son's uh, seven now, and he actually watched the race with us a little bit while he was playing Minecraft. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, uh, grew up uh, watching NASCAR with my grandfather. Uh, you know, remember the old televisions that actually looked like the big bookcases almost with a picture built into it? Yeah. Uh, I remember watching way back in the day with Petty and uh, Dale Sr., and my parents looked at me like I was adopted and didn't belong <laughs> with them. Um, grew up playing stick and ball sports as, uh, the NASCAR folks say, but I'm a baseball guy, uh, never driven a car, never even been to a race, um, which I'd like to change, but oh, I don't think I realized that you've never been to a NASCAR race. No, yeah. well, you, you said this, I think even as recently as this week, but Sonoma's the closest track and it's yeah. a 10 hour drive. Yeah. So it's not, uh, not easy, but I've heard Phoenix is a good place to go for a first time. So, uh, I, probably will try to get to one of them next year or so and we're in we're here in the hometown of uh vancouver or washington is the hometown of, of greg biffle that's correct yeah. um not exactly sure where he lived or had his shop or stuff growing up at that time but so at least there's some nascar connection yeah and, and he had a bar here not too far from where we sit right now um I, I guess the other thing is i grew up in a town north of seattle called mount vernon and uh, casey kane raced sprint cars up in that area okay it's gadget speedway so We've had some racing around us, but from where we sit right here, there's really not a track that, you know, I'm going to on a Saturday night at this point to, to catch it. So yeah, kind of orphaned up here in the Northwest. Yes, we are. We're a long way. But thanks to the magic of television, we were able to watch the Pocono race just like we were there and uh, experience all the excitement and emotions went with that. So let's talk about it, um, starting with Kyle Busch's win. Um, gosh, there was a late restart there. I think, you know, so it looks like Kyle Busch is going to run with the, run away with the race. And then we're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're just like, oh, here we go again. Another member of the big three. Then there's, I guess there was two late cautions in the last seven laps or something like that. Um, and that really set up, it seemed like there was going to be a challenge. And even on the last restart there, it looked like uh, Daniel Suarez had him. And Eric Jones pulls out, makes it three wide. I don't know if that affected it or not. If, if Suarez could have gotten him, maybe Kyle would have gotten him anyway, but that seemed to be the race pretty much right there. Yeah, I think Kyle and Kevin were certainly the class of the field. I don't think there was a point in time we were watching the race saying those guys don't have the car to beat. I mean, they were always moving forward. Yeah. Whereas uh, uh, the other driver, the big three, seemed like he could never keep it going forward. So 
Yeah, that was kind of weird um, for Truex today. Yeah, I, I don't think, uh, you know, when the, the bubble walls crash happened, you told me the caution was coming, and I got a little bit excited thinking, okay, we're going to have a late, lace, uh, late race restart. Then we saw the hit, and I know neither one of us could say anything for a long period of time there. Um, but after he was okay, and we were like, okay, let's uh, late race uh, restarts here. And Kyle Busch is just the man. It's painful to say that for me a little bit. But he's the man, <laughs> and and you were a junior fan, so I'm I'm a junior yeah. fan. Um, do not have a driver at this point today that I would say is where I'll hang my hat, so to speak. Uh, fan of the sport, fraternally. So I'm shopping. I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> but so you you know basically it's you know you're not looking for Kyle Busch to win these races. You're not even looking for a member of the big three to win these races. You're looking for excitement, fresh faces at this point. It sounds like. Yeah, I'd like to see something a little bit different. I mean, Kyle today with his win, I believe he's now tied with Tony Stewart. Mm-hmm. And, 49 uh, career wins. You know, obviously we're seeing one of the best of our time, if not all time, when this is going to be said and done. And we've seen it before. Uh, I think he's at 51 truck wins now. Yep. The guy wins. Um, you know, I think for myself, I've had plenty of time to embrace him as my driver, and it's just not stuck yet. Mm-hmm. I know he and Dale Jr. refer to the common fans between the two of them as unicorns. I'm really trying to grow that horn out my nose or out my head, but it's just not happening. So uh, anybody else winning would satisfy me. Uh, even Truex and Harvick, they've been there this year. You know, I'd love to see. I, earlier today, I said it'd be fun to see Suarez win. Yeah. And there he was late in a race. I'm just thinking, man, not, not again. That's the second time I've thought a young guy might have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is nice to see some of the other drivers start to compete. Uh, Chevy's had four or five in the top 10. So progress for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, there was, uh, there was a point today where you had all four Gibbs drivers in the top 10, which is of course normal, but then, well, at least normal for them essentially. But then you had all four Hendrick drivers pretty late in the race until Jimmy Johnson faded, uh, we're all all four in the top ten, and and Bowman ends up finishing third. Um, Chase Elliott, you know, one stage one. So maybe Hendricks turning somewhat of a corner. Byron six, right? I, that's uh, yeah. Two, two career best finishes for those guys. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit excited to see where they uh, where they take things next weekend. I think it's going to be a little bit of a. It is what it is with the being Watkins Glen, but. Yeah, I'm hopeful, optimistic that we're finally starting to see some of the Chevys start to show up and actually compete. Um, it would be fun to see them beating Harvick and the 18 team, just knowing that they've actually arrived because this season has just been about really the three drivers at this point. Right. So from my perspective, anybody that's showing up and giving these guys a run for their money is great from my perspective. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, I guess we just need to repeat it every week. Um, I, I feel like a broken record, but the big three once again is picking up a victory. This brings them to 16 wins out of the 21 races that have been run this year. Uh, throw in the all-star race if you want as well. That's yet another one. I'm not even counting that. So you have six wins for Harvick, six wins for Kyle Busch, and four wins for Martin Trix Jr., um, and it's not like it seems like stopping anytime soon. I mean, it seems like there's plenty more out there for these guys to get, which is, it's, it's honestly both astounding at this point and just like bang your head against the wall. I think as somebody that follows a sport, I mean, I, you know, on serious this week, um, it seemed like they were, they were trying to say, well, 
you know, hey, this is this is this makes it better. This makes it more entertaining or, or more fun to watch, kind of thing. I I just have a hard time with that. I, I just think, you know, it goes back to predictability. You know, when when I came over to your house today and we're like, well, geez, would wonder which one of the big three is going to win, or how how long will it take Harvick or Kyle Busch to get up to the front, even though they're starting in the back, and then they turn out to be the best cars, and and one of them wins. It's just like, man, I don't know. It's uh it's just been one of those seasons where it's, you know, I, I can appreciate the, the dominance of all those three and, and how much they're, they're doing, uh, how, how well they're doing. But when you're actually watching the race and in the moment and wanting to see something different or fresh or entertaining, it's just like, you just don't feel like you're, you're getting it sometimes. Yeah. I kind of feel like the, you see this across all sports, right? So it, Anytime you have teams just dominating, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were joking about the NBA Finals being Cleveland and Golden State again. So why bother having a regular season if it's just going to come down to these two in a seven-game shootout, right? Uh, and the NFL, I think if the Patriots continued beating every opponent they had by 35 points, people start to lose interest after a while. It's just, it's not unpredictable. And I think that is one of the, the things that's nice about NASCAR is it's not one or two people who are going to show up and have a chance to win. You've got a field of 40 drivers. Obviously not all of them um, are competing on the same budgets. Uh, our friend Timmy Hill, maybe someday <laughs> a little shout out for my Portland friends there. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's when there's no unpredictability to it, you're kind of saying, well, do I want to sit around and watch, you know, another hour and a half or two hours I saw many comments on Twitter where people were saying, time to tune out, Harvick's in the lead. Uh, So I think fans embrace the unpredictable nature of the sport, but the other team's got to show up. So um, as a Seattle Seahawks fan, you know, eventually they've got to put up or shut up. And so I kind of feel like this is actually not on so much the uh, success of those three drivers. It's much of the unsuccess of all of the other drivers put together including their teammates right and and you know the joe gibbs racing teammates had a shot at, at kyle today on the last restart uh well both to both the last restarts really and um they couldn't get done i mean you you could say that maybe suarez or suarez got slowed down by jones you know i'm not exactly sure but um there was a shot there you know they're in the, the same equipment and and kyle bush is, is just that much better than um, even his teammates at this point, and you could say the same for, for Harvick. So unfortunately, you know, for those who want to see something different, um, it's just, it's just that kind of season. I think that will make potentially the Homestead race compelling and interesting, but that's a long way away. And you, we wonder what's going to happen in all these races in between. I mean, you, there's gotta be something come along that's going to shake things up or, or or get things interesting again uh, before that point, because if, if it's just one long March to an inevitable outcome, um, I just don't think people are, are all about that life, I guess. Yeah. I think in, in a short run, it'll be really interesting as these storylines develop. I think Bowman, they showed a stat, I think it's up a 56 point lead or, or something like that now over Stenhouse for that final playoff spot, but put another first time winner on the year in there. And all of a sudden he's, I think 60 points out himself. So it'll be kind of interesting to watch that playoff point picture, you know, kind of unfold here. Uh, And then the thing that I look at maybe a little bit for me is what happens in the second round of the playoffs Mm -hmm. where you win and you really do get advanced at that point. So while we have, you know, three drivers who look like they'll be fairly well set on points, 
victories put you in. Mm-hmm. So if those guys don't show up there in that, that round, then what's going to happen uh, as we get to the final four. So I almost kind of feel like this might be a little bit of a calm before the storm. If, you know, if the Chevys can continue their rise, uh, Harvick's teammates, uh, Boyer, uh, even Amarola and Bush, they're showing they can be competitive. So, you know, while they don't have the wins that Harvick does, what if they give him a run for his money too? So I think there's still an opportunity to have some exciting things happen, but man, they're, everyone's just getting clobbered right now. Yeah. Well, and, and next week at Watkins Glen, you, you'll, you, there will be a change of pace. Um, that's sort of potentially the last wild card type race. Maybe you could say Bristol because you have, you know, a guy like Stenhouse runs pretty well there. Um, and, and you have some other guys where it's, it's not as much arrow, not as much car necessarily, but Watkins Glen next week, you know, maybe that's the chance for Almendinger to, to jump in there and shape, shake things up or, um, you know, I mean, even, even guys like Suarez are good road course racers, McDowell, I mean, could potentially do something. So you never know, but, uh, it just, uh, you know, I, I feel weird about the, my, my personal coverage of, of the races this year. And you're one of my patron bosses. I mean, hopefully my, my patrons don't think I'm just doing the same thing every week, but it's sort of like you look at it and, you know, I get to some of these, um, you know, podcasts or, or post-race columns and I'm like, man, I feel like I already touched on this, but, uh, <laughs> there's just that kind of season. There are probably some unique storylines though from today. Uh, you know, for example, the number of Chevys finishing in the top 10, none of mm-hmm. which were, uh, Kyle Larson. That's right. Uh, so for me, not having a driver, if any, if there was a team I was loyal to, I'd probably say it was Hendrick Motorsports. Just, I mean, that's where my guy was, uh, so I, I felt like maybe that's a good takeaway for me. Uh, perhaps the other one that we've not really hit on yet is, holy crap, Bubba Wallace, okay. Yeah, yeah we, need to, we need to go After back and that talk about hit, that. Um, yeah. And, so let's let's talk about, you know, like, like we said, we're, we're watching the race. We're sort of like, hey, it would be, it'd be cool if there was a, um, a late caution here, maybe bunch things up. Uh, obviously, that's not what we wanted to see, and so we're – we're watching it. Twitter was a little bit ahead, but I hadn't seen it that on Twitter yet. So all of a sudden we look up at the screen and next thing you know, Bubba is taking that incredibly hard hit in the wall. Um, I think I remember you saying, you know, get that window net down, but I don't think either of us said a word for 20 or 30 seconds. I could hardly breathe. I mean, I, I thought, oh gosh, that's, that looks really, really bad. That was, that was really terrifying. That was probably the longest i've waited to acknowledge like okay maybe maybe this is going to be okay you had told me because we were on a little bit of a delay that the caution was coming and i remember saying oh good we're going to get some late race magic here because kyle bush has checked out so i was thinking hey maybe we'll have somebody give him a run for his money this will be fun and then the hit happened both you and i gasped at the same time and like whoa like wow you know there's no way that just happened is he okay and I don't know how long it took for that net to come down, but I, I don't know if I breathed. Yeah. Um, and then it started to feel rather dusty in here for me, and I have no clue why that happened because I'm I'm not necessarily an emotional guy, but for some reason that had me in a really rough spot. Uh, so seeing that net come down and then him get out was uh, maybe the highlight of the race for me just from a feels perspective. Like it felt, wow, okay, all right. Yeah. 
man, that was that was a shock. And then you see, do you think it was the relief that just came over you and just hit you, kind of thing? You know, the probably the first NASCAR race for me, uh, where I really watched it on my own. I wasn't with my grandfather. Um, I was in college, as freshman in college, so two thousand one Daytona five hundred, and that hit uh, senior took at the time didn't register as to how bad it was. I mean, didn't look that bad necessarily mm-hmm. from a, you know, my perspective. These you know, that happens all the time, but clearly the outcome of that hit was uh, the worst NASCAR's had in you know, 18 years now or 17 years, give or take. So I don't, for whatever reason, and that net not dropping down as quickly as it did, I think it was just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, please don't be bad. I mean, I, we were talking about Bub and his contract earlier. Um, we, I think he's really good for the sport. I really like him, you know, as an individual. So seeing that happen, then reading, you know, the tweets from fellow competitors, I'm Brad Keselowski with an extremely classy tweet. Um, his girlfriend, Amanda on the stuff she was saying. I mean, I just couldn't imagine that period of not knowing any, anything at all. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not connected with him whatsoever. I couldn't imagine what his friends and family were feeling waiting that i'm just a fan <laughs> what are they thinking i mean that's their boy that's their brother yeah. boyfriend the scary as hell yeah absolutely and uh and then of course you know rick allen says this is going to be a great interview because you know that he's just so genuine and raw that whatever he's going to say is going to perfectly sum up that moment and so he he's you know it's it's like 15 minutes after he's defies death basically with this crash um, gets out, he's outside the infield care center and he's on TV talking and smiling. Oh yeah, I'm fine. And he has this great line about how, um, they gave me an ultrasound and, and no twins, thankfully. And it's just like, who would think to say that in, in a moment like that? But, um, I think that speaks to his, um, genuine nature and, and just his persona. And, you know, if, if they can ever get him to be competitive and I don't know if it happens at, at Richard Petty Motorsports, cause it's really a you know, team that's just not all there financially right now, but um, some point in his career, if he can be relevant to the point where he's battling these guys and, and really, um, you know, up there in the top 10 and leading laps. Oh my gosh. How it would just be so massive for the sport. Cause his personality just jumps off the screen at you. Yeah. Well, I, his twins comment actually almost raised more questions for me because I'm wondering if they've got triplets or <laughs> quintuplets or something else coming or, or if not a one. solo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his humor is perhaps second and none now from, from where I'm sitting in the, the garage. Uh, I would love to see him be competitive. It wasn't, he just named as uh, one of the 50 most influential athletes by Bleacher Report. Maybe this, if somebody, yeah. uh, a significant publication. And I agree. I, he, he's, I think him being there full time this year has certainly raised the, uh, raised the bar a little bit. It feels like there's more media coverage and more people, asking questions well what is this nascar thing uh, so i welcome that and maybe now that he's signed a longer term deal it'll allow for uh sponsors that are just kind of not sure where he's headed to, to lock him in now so hopeful yeah well money equals speed as we know and um you know if they're able to land a, a decent sponsor a full full season sponsor of some kind something like that um you know, it's money you can immediately put into the race team and, and they can start to go faster. But until that point, um, you know, I think 15th would be a great day for him. And unfortunately, and that's just not gonna, you know, change the sport or, or do anything like along those lines. 
Um, so you sort of have to wait for plate races and things like that. But, um, you know, in, in some ways you could say it's the case for a lot of people this year, just because it's, you know, it's, it's been so dominated by, by a few people, but I, I guess along those lines, where, where do you think people are going to view this race today? Um, you know, I know you studied up a little bit on past Pocono race percentages. I, I personally saw this one a little bit in between, um, in between a Kentucky, which had no drama and was won by a big three driver, Truex and New Hampshire, which had tons of drama and doubt and was won by a big three driver. So, um, I, I don't know where, what are you thinking? Yeah, I certainly know that there will be those that are going to discredit it based on who won. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really hoping those are going to be that minority this time around because Bush earned that victory, uh, two late restarts, never a chance that those guys were going to get them without using their bumpers. So uh, it should have been Bush or Harvick that won that race. They were competitive, but given their post-race or post-qualifying inspection failures, right, they both started in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched them drive all the way up to the front as if it was uh, slicing through warm butter. Like it was ridiculous <laughs> watching how easy it was. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody on I think our Facebook group talked about how this was a uh, comparable to Bo Jackson mode back in like the old video <laughs> game days, right? Tech Mobile. Yeah. yeah. So it that was fun watching those guys come to the front. So while I may have been looking for a new winner or just a different winner based on what we've had this year, I will say I thought that was a good race. Um certainly had late race action so that it wasn't over with three to go it wasn't over with 30 to go mm-hmm. so yeah i'd have to guess 60 65 are gonna come out in support of this one somewhere in there would be my guess okay i feel like i may have to go a bit lower here just because i think and and i, I i'm not sure that this is how indicative of the actual race is but i just think that number one the fact that Yet another big three driver won, as, as I mentioned. Uh, number two, that it was Kyle Busch of those three drivers, I think, hurts it a little bit. And then, um, you know, just, you know, I think it it wasn't there. There was some moments, like we said, you know, in, in the first stage where, where they're coming up through there and it was fun to watch and Chase Elliott wins stage one and things like that. But there was also a lot of the race where it it didn't feel like there was a ton going on. So. You said what? What do you what are you going to say exactly? Well, Sixty. Well, let's just go sixty-two and a half. Sixty-two percent. I think I might go a little bit closer to fifty-five. Um, I think we're we're around the same thought in the same range, but I think I'll go fifty-five. You go sixty-two. Uh, I'm kind of boxing you in a little bit there, so I feel bad well, after you just hosted me at your house. But it's okay. You you could have done like the whole sixty-three. You know, done the whole <laughs> prices right game, but. Yeah, that let's not nice. discount though the fact that we had Chevys up there contending too. That's true. That's true. Uh, you know, obviously, I think it may have had a different reaction had one of those drivers actually been able to get up front at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Newman finished top ten, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it wasn't just Hendrick that was up there, and so for those that are looking for a sign of progress, especially as we had late in the year, this race suggest it's there and i know jimmy got shuffled back late I, I don't know what happened there if there was a pit strategy if he got caught up in one of those incidents on the track but that's a whole lot of chevys up front where they haven't really been up top 10 much at all this year so yeah well i'll tell you the real test will be michigan in two weeks because you know chase that's a, a, a race that chase elliott's almost won a couple times 
And so if, if Chevy really has made a bunch of gains, like it seems like the past two weeks, in theory, they should be able to go to Michigan and run right up there. And, and Larson's had success there too. Correct? Larson's won, Larson yeah. had, uh, before this last Michigan race, I think he'd won there three straight times. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a great point. So I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I will say, you know, for those that dislike the big three winning, they may not feel as though the win was indicative of a good race. But for me, the race starts from the drop of the green flag to, the checkered flag at the end. And there was a lot of action uh, mm-hmm. watching those guys drive from the back to the front. And in Kevin uh, Harvick's case, doing it twice. Yeah. Um, his run late in the race may have even been more impressive because people weren't giving him the, he's coming. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they, they held him back there to fight for position. So, uh, you know, I enjoyed watching that regardless of who won at this point. Well, um, I have to thank you, Russell, in addition to hosting me because um, I wouldn't have this nice recorder that I've been doing my podcasts all year without you. This was a gift that you helped organize and purchase uh, in the off season. Not, not me. This well, the cre- uh, the, let, let's give credit where credit's due. I'll call out the Glucker community through uh, <laughs> Patreon. I know you call us the bosses, and you can call us that, but um, there were a lot of people who chipped in to help with that so uh, well you not just me organized it and so i i appreciate that and uh we met you in a parking lot of a target for for the drop off it looked like some sort of a <laughs> uh, illicit drug exchange going on so i i was presented with that there so that was very nice of you and so i've been using it all year long and now uh you get to use it as well so that was that's cool um and of course there's more podcasts to come coming up on tuesday it's going to be a 12 questions with AJ Almendinger. So I got that going right into Watkins Glen week, perfectly as planned. If no I was no still... pressure on the dinger though. Oh my gosh, gosh. He's probably going to have an ulcer by the time that week's over. That's pretty much it for him. That's that, that race coming up. And then um, you've never been to a race, so I was going to catch myself and say you might know this guy, but you, you probably don't. But if you go to the races, there's this guy, Jose Castillo, and um, he's at all SMI tracks on like the video board going around talking to fans and you, you see him on the previous entertainment. And then he hosts the um, NASCAR trackside live thing that they brought back. You know, the thing that used to be on speed channel and they've brought that Are, back for SMI tracks. Is, um, does he do that with, uh, I think there's YouTube videos of that event. If I'm not mistaken, they put it on, um, they put it on NASCAR.com and think things like that. Does he have a co-host for that? Yeah. Um, is her name Amanda? Amy? Oh, Amy, Amy Long, Amy okay, Long. So right. yeah, yeah, I've yeah, probably, yeah. I've seen, okay, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, right, it's, yeah, so it's that guy. Um, so I talked to him about how he got to where he is, because that's kind of a cool job. So that's coming up on um, on Thursday, and then I will be at Watkins Glen for two days. <laughs> I won't say it's a two-day show, but I'll be there for two days. My so, sources tell me you might be missing out on two days. Okay, well... <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if your stories are correct. But anyway, (laughs) um, thank you, Russell. Thank you guys all for listening. And uh, we will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.